Welcome to the Modern Mantra Podcast with Nick Sarafa and Eli Johnston. In this episode, we discuss how might we augment reality in a positive way. We begin by speaking to our objective and subjective realities and speak to the ways in which we've augmented reality since the beginning of consciousness and then lean into this transition of the technological age into the light age and how we might be able to create positive experiences through these newer advents of augmented reality that exist today and that are going to exist tomorrow. So we hope that you enjoy all right. So augmenting reality in a positive way. Mm. Um, you know, I guess about the question is how are we augmented reality at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of ways that we augment reality in our everyday lives, right? I think we have our objective reality, which, you know, are the what what's actually there what is what is real what is tangible what is objective in reality and then i think we have our subjective reality right which is the layering of perception and meaning over the objective reality right we 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 we've we're already augmenting reality in that way by layering this subjectivity over an objective reality and you can think of any situation where you attach meaning to an event, right? It's like that event doesn't actually mean anything mm. objectively, right? It only means something because you're applying a layer to the situation. Yeah. You know, I actually heard something interesting. Uh, I ran into a friend today and she said, uh, nothing ever happens to you. Nothing's ever actually happened to you directly. You just yeah. are there to witness what is happening. And everything outside of that is subjective reality. It's all the layers and the things that we choose to put on those, um, and dress it up as. Mm, yeah, no, it's so true. And so thinking about, yeah, how, how are we currently augmenting reality? I would say, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I think that attaching meaning to things, I, I think that the, the downside of that is like what you're saying, it, it allows people to take things personally, right? You, you get into this spiral of taking things personally, like things are happening to you when that's simply our perception, right? That's perceptual. That is an augmented reality. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's important that we focus on the things we can change. Mm. And the first thing is definitely the stories we choose to tell ourselves. Yes. Um, it's, it comes down to what I feel in my mind. It's like at the end of the day, it's the labels we choose to put on things. You know, this was mm. subjectively good. This is subjectively bad. And it's interesting even the words like good and bad, right? Like exactly. good Good is a word that means it was in my favor and it is now something that is progressing what I want in the world. And then bad is just bad. 
you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> so, yeah. It's interesting. We're, we're assigning meaning. <laughs> yeah. To, to everything, you know, everything, everything that comes, we could, we could have these two buckets of that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. Um, maybe we need more layers, right? Like maybe mm. we need to be cognizant of what, all the different ways that we choose to assign all these different events in our life. Mm. Do you feel like it's the ways that we describe the events at the moment are overly simplistic? Well, I don't feel like they're given enough thought, right? Like Mm, you can have something that's integrated in a way where it was actually put into this bucket of bad things and you don't even realize it for a time. Um, right. You know, and I, I, and this is what a lot of these, these gurus talk about with non-attachment, right? It's like, I am no longer, um, attaching anything to these things that happen, although we naturally do. So, you know, having, um, time in our days and in our journaling, and if you choose to, to, to do these sort of practices to unravel, you know, what sort of labels we're applying to recent events, um, and when those recent events trigger, you know, past events, right? Something from a long time ago, mm. having the space to unpack that, recognize it and um, heal it, I feel would be um, very progressive to a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. I think this recognition or realization or becoming aware of is, and then putting more in, you know, putting more intentionality behind how we assign meaning and how we interpret things to then be able to unpack it in a more constructive way, I think is, is game changing. And it is, it's the whole, it is the whole concept of non-attachment, right? And, and even going back to some of our earlier conversations around the, the attachment to the, to the ego, right? That ego is part of this layer, right? It's part of this augmentation of reality. And yeah, once we begin to recognize and become aware of, then we can be more intentional about constructing in a more positive way and a more thorough way and a a more detached way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Not that detachment is necessarily a bad thing in some circumstances. Um, you know, detachment to a lot of people means like, oh, I don't give a shit. But to me, detachment is I'm neutral in this situation. Exactly. You know, and, you know, object- objectively, everything that's ever happened to us is neutral. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. And the other crazy thing is that something can happen. It can be good for you, but really bad for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. or, vice ver- yeah. or vice versa. <laughs> so it's like, like you have oh, yeah. all these like strings of events happening that you know, every conscious actor in each one of these situations assigns this individual meaning to. So so there really isn't any underlying objective positivity or negativity. We assign it as people, which is fascinating. Yeah, it it is fascinating. When you mentioned that, I was just thinking of the the stock market and (laughs) how for for every buyer, there's a a seller, right? And that's how the market works. And when the and you know when the if the market is plummeting and you're holding, you know holding on to some shares, you're like, damn, this is catastrophic. This is so bad. The market mm-hmm. sucks. And then you have someone who's shorted that stock or has a put on that stock, or and then you know for them, right. it's it's a great day. You know, 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's all it's all subjective. <laughs> yeah. And it's all relative. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 super interesting in every scenario. Um and, and, and yeah. I feel like I don't like playing games with those winners and losers. You know, I like I like playing games where we are spreading positivity. Um, mm. you know, it's it's a game where it's very collaborative and we're working together to create more good, not where there's status of you win, I lose, or I lose, you win. I feel those games are um personally not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And I think that's the evolution of consciousness, you know, is like the, the they're if you follow theories of evolution, there is competition. There are winners. There are people who survive and other people that don't. But if you look at the evolution of consciousness into human form and beyond human form, I think we start to begin playing in a different space, you know, where mm -hmm. there does, you know, we don't actually live in a world where there has to be winners and losers as such. Right. We've evolved in a way where we can have something that is not, and, and correct me if this is not the right framing of this, but something that is not a zero-sum game. Because I feel like zero-sum games are games with winners and losers. Is that right? You know, I don't know off the top theory? of my head okay. the, uh, the, the exact meaning of it, but mm -hmm. I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like a big thing is, um, at least in my mind, is when I stop seeing myself as myself. You know, mm. um, when mm. I started looking at people, I'm like, wow, you're just a different expression of me. Yes. You know, and yes, it, and it's, it's always a really interesting situation where, you know, you show up in that capacity and then you're surrounded by people who do not see the world that way. Right. And it, it's, it's always very conflicting. And, you know, there it's the truth is, um, if you're somebody who, craves that sort of struggle that sort of competition it can create a lot of interesting friction <laughs> in the world um yeah it's it, you know if we can if we can get the point across that we are all different expressions of the same not even from a spiritual sense but just a belief right just a mental model that when i hurt you i hurt me right when i cheat you i cheat me um and it's it's yeah. not even karma. Like everyone thinks of karma as like this this um, future game where I do something to another person, then someone else in the future is going to do that same thing to me. That's not what's happening. It's just you. Karma happens immediately. <laughs> okay, you're doing it to you, <laughs> and then the other person is being cheated in real time. There's no there's no delay on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. And yeah. in, in thinking about augmenting reality in a positive way, I think, you know, just think about the immense impact that that recognition can have on how we augment reality in terms of understanding that the people that I'm interacting with, we're all expressions of the same, you know, we're all expressions of the same whole expressions of the same nature. And how if you really embody that and truly believe that and come to a point of knowing in that that i think that's a clear example of how we can augment reality in a positive way because it completely changes your perception yeah 
Yeah. I mean, and the, the other thing is like, just like breaking down what reality is. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I heard a really Important. good uh, definition of this today. Um, all of reality, it's, it's energy and information. That's it. Mm. Everything in the material plane is energy and information. And, you know, the other interesting thing I thought uh, when I heard that um, is um, I can't remember the source, but the only two things that can escape from a black hole are energy and information. <laughs> so it's a funny thing where, um, you know, like everything we are, it's like all this encoded information into this energetic field. Um, yeah. You know, that, that and I feel like it, the things we can control, right, to augment our reality in a more positive way is um, the energy that surrounds us and the information in which we consume and which we share, right? If you can, if you can take a positive twist on the information that you're taking in, the information that you're putting out, um, the energy in which you are subjected to and the energy that you share, if it will in theory augment whatever situation you're in any reality in a positive way. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I was just thinking about this. Yeah. Energy and information, right. And how, when people think of information, I feel like the most uh, immediate thing to grab onto is, um, I don't know, I guess, you know, people would think of words, right. Or taking in information in a traditional sense or in the sense that we're used to doing. But I think when you really break the word down in formation, right. Being in form and, yeah, information and energy really are the the bases of reality, right? I'm curious to know where you where you got that. I would love to check it out. I can't remember off the top of my head. However, yeah. um, w- one of the things that um, it really breaks down is you know when you when you look at something, you can ask yourself what information is coming through. You know, like it, it's it's all this energetic field of these different expressions of different cells, right? Everything is light bouncing off of these different uh, makeups of all these different little tiny parts, mm. right? And it's it's fascinating because it's like once you actually can see that, you know, everything is Brahma, everything is an expression of one piece, right? Where I perceive the... Elijah to end at where the floor begins and the floor begins into the swimming pool, which ends, you know, like you, you start to see these layers and, you know, the information that's being expressed from them, you know, the energetic makeup of them is functionally very similar, right? It's all atoms, right? But the information being expressed through them is in all these different expressions. And, you know, yeah, people think of words and information. Sure, you can express in words like that is Definitely. water, which is H2O, which is da 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 da. Certainly, but you know, there's I feel like there is much deeper um, information to be shared by looking at any object. It's and it's, and it's not just the subjective interpretation of I say I called this a desk. It's you know, it's it's a deeper sort of um, interpretation of any of anything. Yeah. I- I agree. So I'm I'm curious, you know, when we talk about augmenting reality, um, you know, uh, people may think of augmented reality as being a relatively new thing, 
right? But we're saying that, yeah, we've been augmenting reality for ages since we've become aware of our awareness. And with this newer advent of augmented reality in the technological sense, and even if you look at just different mixed realities as a whole, do you also think that they follow the principles of energy and information as being the constructs, even in a digital form? Yes, most certainly. Because the way that we perceive the world, um, there's there's many different senses, but the one that is most prevalent um, in our current uh, incarnation is light. Light energy perceived through the through the eyeballs and the retinas. Um, you know that is the way that augmented reality, these new futuristic um, interfaces that will be hitting the markets. I believe in the next eighteen months, Apple will have a big announcement very soon. Um, you know, they're going to be able to shoot light into your eyes and you're going to be perceiving objects and the same way that you see a physical object, right? Right now there's light bouncing yeah. off the walls around you right now. There's certain vibrations that are then being interpreted by your eyes in order to perceive something. And we're going to have this ability as technologists to integrate and literally augment your reality. You know, you're not going to be able to differentiate where the world ends and the screen begins. You know, it might be pretty obvious that, okay, that definitely isn't there in the beginning, but as the technology improves, it's only going to get better. Um, you know, we're going to start off like something like tube TVs, right? And then over the course of 100 years, it's going to be crystal clear exactly what's happening. So, um, yeah, I, I do. And, and the energy and the information is going to be much more deliberate. Right. The, now, when you have these augmented reality glasses on, the information is hard coded. Right. We know exactly what it is. We know the exact makeup of every single component of where it came from, what the intention is behind it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we're going to be able to present some things to the masses that we haven't really been able to express before in words. We mm. might not have been able to express before in sound or animation. Maybe there's some experiences that are waiting to be made that need to be experienced through the information embedded into the light hitting the retinas that simply has been possible before in these little limited three, three dimensional screens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at energy as not being able to be created nor destroyed, Right. There, there is an inherent energy in the, in the light from the, this augmented reality, from the technology. And then if you look at, you know, it, it, we're creating a formation out of light. It's becoming information through the light technology. And yeah, and, that, and if you look at technology as being discovered rather than invented, right, this is all here for us to uncover and to unpack and once we begin to, pr to to be able to augment reality with light um mm -hmm. yeah it, it becomes really interesting to think about the the evolution of interfaces <laughs> right yeah. the the evolution of interfaces and interfaces as being things that we interact with Right? We interact with an interface. And right now, the predominant interface of digital technology that we use in our day-to-day -day is a screen that we're most familiar with. 
But what happens when planet Earth becomes an interface and this physical reality, this objective reality becomes an interface and we're able to have light interactions on this interface that begin to augment our reality? I think it's, I think it goes beyond what the current discourse around augmented reality is at the moment. Yeah, it's, these are going to be superpowers. We're leaving the age of technology and we're entering the age of light and in the age of light bending and be able to present people with not only something that is like inside of a screen, there is a bit of distance right? It's, it is much easier to distance yourself from things that are happening on screen. When you can experience something as light popping into your retinas, right? It, it really changes the way that you see things. That's why people who go on these plant medicine trips, you know, you experience things as you would in reality when you come out of them in some cases, and it changes people unequivocally. And I feel like we're going to have a lot more of these very heavy experiences, these very perception warping experiences as we integrate augmented reality. Um, right now we've got basically these glorified newspapers in the form of these screens, right? You have these, yeah. these, these big rectangles of different sizes, all of which are basically the same pixel density. Um, but they're very, they're easy to walk away from where you can actually put them in your pocket, right? You do still have the option to turn them off, even though we don't versus this light coming in, you could potentially consume even more of it. I don't think it's going to be the consumption is, isn't going to change. I think people are still going to consume a lot of it. It's just going to transform and you have to be even more mindful about what you're taking in because this is, you're not going to be able to differentiate between what is real and what isn't. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, hearing you say that just brings up the point that I think there are, there are, there's a lot of healing potential with light and with augmented reality and the projection of light. And I, I think that there's the opportunity to create exp more, more, more immersive experiences through this projection of light, especially when you combine it with things like sound, right? Or things like movement or things like, you know, you can, you can begin to create very immersive healing experiences that can, you know, in this, what I'm currently envisioning, it kind of almost feels, um, for lack of a better word, shamanic, you know, for, for the people that are able to facilitate and curate these experiences for people in terms of what they might be able to do. Right. Um, and then also, I mean, very interesting as well. If you think about um, something like, you know, let's say psilocybin, for example, as a, you know, our, our fungal ancestors that are the first, you know, multicellular beings on planet Earth and th that are the architects of ecosystems, right? And, and the legalization of psilocybin, which allows us to tap into the sacred wisdom and interact with these life forms, right? Think about, you know, what, what if you were able to curate and facilitate an experience that incorporated a little bit of psilocybin with the projection of light with sound and frequency 
and what power, what, you know, just to paint the picture of the magnitude of, you know, healing experiences that can come from this, you know, when we utilize the transition from technology into the light age in a positive way. There's so many, there's so much opportunity here. It's really, it's really hard to, um, express. Well, the other thing is what's really cool is that we can start building today. Here's the thing about augmented reality. The software has been here for almost a decade now. I can attest to it. Started working this stuff back in 2013. We were doing AR stuff. The hardware even has for the most part been here. What's missing right now really is the batteries. Once the batteries are good enough Mm. where I can look, wear a pair of glasses that is sexy enough and has a CPU on board with enough energy, enough um, efficiency that can track my eyes in real time and then feed light into them, that is going to be a cataclysmic shift in the way that you perceive the world around you and the way that technology is being leveraged and used. And once Mm. that happens, you know, the, the... you're, it will be the opportunity to reinvent everything. Every single user interface on planet Earth, every single way that we're used to interacting with every physical object in our known existence will be changed once you can overlay that with light. Um, and the cool thing is you don't have to wait until then to start building. Like you can actually build a lot of these experiences and model them in software. You can model them in within the constructs of the three-dimensional screen today with the intention of transitioning them into the augmented reality. Um, I mean, using Blender Studios and starting to see the world as a giant Unity engine, as a giant video game, right? All of those objects are going to be exportable and transferable into these augmented reality experiences. So you have to imagine, if you're a character in your own video game that you are the master of, what sort of things are you going to augment for those characters to make the world more inviting, more interesting, more healing, whatever mm. sort of vision that you want to bring to the world, how are you going to augment to their vision in a way that furthers and is a good thing for you? And if their attention's right for them too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you said that it, it, one thing that also came up is, augmented reality as a vehicle to bring information to people about the things that are in formation on our planet and just thinking about this you know the the layering of light onto the physical can allow us to interactively learn about the world around us you know and interactively learn about Oh, what what species of tree is that, right? Or what you know, actually understanding more about this beauty that exists all around us. Um, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on the because you know if you look at any other trend of of technology, I think you know the 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 hardware starts in a certain place and continues to evolve and um, become more integrated, perhaps become smaller but not necessarily smaller i think it's more the integration uh, what is what is that integration of the hardware look like when you extend out augmented reality and i think the earliest implementation of that was google glasses right which kind of flopped but i think they were definitely on to of course i think they were on to the you know they're on the right track but what do you think the 
the ex- what do you think the hardware looks like in terms of when we begin to really integrate augmented reality? So up until this point, most of what you experience from quote unquote AR has been um, screens. So they display all the information like Google Glass shot the light into a screen and you saw it much like a transparent phone screen would. What I'm describing is different because there's going to be a certain shift at some point where the, the light stream is no longer targeted at a screen in front of you. Rather, mm. it's targeted directly at your retina and your eyeballs. I mean, you're right. going to perceive everything that's in front of you, not via a screen. It's going to be a projection directly into your retina, and you're going to be experiencing it in the same way that you experience the physical world around you. Right? It's not going to be bouncing off anything. It's not going to be screen-driven. It's going to be directly into the retinas. And that is going to be the shift that takes us into... Um, a whole different way of seeing the world. And going back to what you're saying about the environment, the first thing I want to see built is when I see the world around me, I want to visualize the carbon output of our vehicles, the carbon output of our airplanes, being able to detect all these different vehicles moving in motion and be able to visualize and measure in some capacity, or at least become conscious of what environmental harm every single one of these compute commuting cars is doing. I mean, imagine if you could see the smoke. You ever seen the smoke in the distance of a fire? And you yeah. think to yourself, oh, what a shame, right? You think you can imagine that building on fire. It's pretty shocking when you see it. I think we'll have the same reaction once we actually can flip a button. And when you look at LA traffic, you don't just see the cars and the beautiful sunrise. You just see the giant cloud of smoke that we're creating over the planet. I mean, actually, like see it being created in real time, you know, like actually be able to witness the catastrophe to our environment. And I feel like there's going to be so many other opportunities for us to have a waking up once the light can enter your eyes and, and you can show people, Hey, here's really what's happening. Not, not the way that, you know, you, you guys were built to see or physics says we see it, but the way that the world sees it. Yeah. Cause I think right now, the way that we are, disseminating information about climate change is not in a, a very it doesn't seem like a very effective way to reach people or to be a catalyst of action right but when you actually begin to disseminate the information by really bringing it information in life in my everyday life that completely you know, because I think that the big thing about climate change is that the people that are not directly impacted by it don't really give a shit about it, um, typically, mm. right? And 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 you you be you begin to become a lot more cognizant of it and concerned about it once it's directly impacting you, you know. And it's very unfortunate that we live in a world where the places that have the least carbon emissions and the least carbon footprint are the ones that are, you know, getting the tail end of, of all these impacts. Um, and yeah, I, I think w in this talking about visualization of our impact in that way, our environmental impact, at the, I think that would completely change the conversation. That would change the tangibility 
for people that may not be feeling the direct impacts of it where they are at the moment. But you'll begin to really feel that emotionally and intuitively once if you were really able to be immersed in that and to see that and to see the carbon being emitted and maybe to see plastic for being plastic and where it may end up, right? And actually beginning to see the impact of the things around you and interacting with it in, in real time. You know, that's one of the things that is going to be super powerful in AR is going to be perspective shifting. When we talk about seeing the world and all the CO2 output, you know, you're, you're, you're basically looking through the lens of, of Gaia, of planet Earth, right? It's like, I pay yeah. attention to this because this is something that I see as bad. Like from my perspective, you know, all of Los Angeles is hurting me, right? You got a giant sore on your arm. We're going to pay attention to it, right? You, you're seeing, you're showing the world from the perspective of Gaia. Um, in the same way, you know, you have all these people in these impoverished countries who are experiencing all these terrible things. Right now, the only option we have to share that travesty with the world is, you know, through videography, or most of the time is through a scroll, scrolled picture on in Facebook, right? With this technology, we're actually going to be able to sit you down and you're going to see the world as they see it. You're going to see, witness the poverty. You're going to witness the, the places which they live, the hardships that they go through, right? You'll have a per, first person perspective. And as um, the people creating technology for this new augmented reality, we can choose which perspectives that we choose to share with the world, right? We can actually um, give you the opportunity to see the perspective of a kid in Northern Iraq who is in a poor village, right? Who just lost everything due to war. We can actually have the perspective of Gaia and the way that she chooses to see the airplanes and the cars and the world around you. You know, it, it, it's it going to be interesting when in today's technological world, in our phones, we just see the things that are built for us, like everything optimized for the individual. But I think one of the interesting things, new technology is going to be optimizing and, and showing the world, here's how I see it, or here's how this person or this entity sees the world. It's going to be very different than the way that we do. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much possibility for perspective shift and behavior change, right? And I love the point around as the technology creators, you know, really having that intentionality that goes before the innovation, right? But really thinking, well, what is the intention? What, what perspective do we want to see this from? What, what are we intending to do here? And being really, you know, um, discerning about that. I think you can really begin to tap into, yeah, how we use augmented reality in a positive way. And one thing that popped into mind as well is, the discussion that you and I have had in previous episodes around the visualization of things like our ego, you know, and, and, and thinking about how this projection of light and bringing things into formation could also on a personal level, allow people to do some inner work with themselves by being able to visualize things in their day-to-day -day lives. And perhaps, you know, what if, what if you were able to integrate that with, uh, with your, your whoop, right. Or with some sort of tracker, um, that can monitor, 
how you're feeling or how your body's operating and have that, you know, when that's, when that's, when it's, when we begin to integrate these, I think there, there begins to be potential for a lot of really interesting inner work individually. Yeah. If you can just witness a heart rate spike, right. When we're going through our day-to-day lives and there's a certain situation where there seems to be a spike and then even having a snapshot of the moment that happens, right? Like here's the, what you were seeing, here's what you were witnessing is that first person observer when this like uh, biometric data was triggered, uh, man, that would un- un- unveil so much interesting information, right? Cause now you have like a basically recorded um, history of every situation in the real world that made you feel in a way that made your heart, made your uh, blood boil. <laughs> in both a good way and a bad way, right? Like, and I think there's more information we can gauge than uh, just the heart rate spiking. But man, if I had a re- record of every moment in my life where my my uh, heart spiked, that would be very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I think there are a lot of lot of ways that we can, yeah, augment reality in a positive way right first starting with the the what's within our control immediately without technology how we're augmenting reality and then extending that into this age of light of when we're able to project light onto our reality and how we can use that in a positive way i think i think the 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 rectangle screens are a really good place to start it's like you can actually you know these things do shoot light out ultimately right even though it's not in the same way that it's going to be in this future technology I, I, I've been dreaming about since we were kids. Um, you know, it's, it's a good place to start and you can start imagining, you know, what is this going to look like when it's, it's overlaid on the physical world? Like I think initially it's going to look a lot like a screen cause that's just easy. Right. Um, but as we become more familiar with, these different user interfaces around AR and become more familiar with um, certain objects in the physical world prompting certain actions and certain inputs and outputs. Um, you have an opportunity to effectively make everything in your known environment into a user interface. Yeah. And the, the role of the designer in this context becomes so important, so important, and also so creative, you know, so because once we really begin to evolve these interfaces and earth itself and our physical reality itself becomes the interface, I think the role of the designer becomes so important in terms of directing that intention and designing experiences for people, transformative experiences for people. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. You know, I I honestly feel like it's, you know, we're back in 1997 and we're imagining mobile phones. You know, like mm, when we have a screen yeah. in our pocket connected to the world, I'm going to do this as this and it's going to be positively transforming the world. And yet here we sit today, right? It's 23 years later. We have this technology and, you know, it, it's a very, it's still very polarizing. I think there are always going to be polarization and it's up to us to, make sure that we're using it for the right reasons. And it's, it's for a catalyst for positive change in the world and not for something that could be, um, you know, 
bring less less well augmented reality to the world yeah yeah because i think that's you know the the thing right now the concern right now with uh, mixed realities in in any sense is that you know there there's this notion that we might become we might develop this a new form of escapism right through these new technologies uh, and that's why I'm more partial to augmented reality over virtual reality. I think they are going to uh, merge. <laughs> I think they'll eventually merge and it ultimately will be augmented reality. Um, but I think, you know, the the thoughts there around ha- it being an escape mechanism and escapism and, and having us, you know, furthering our um, technological addiction, if you will, and and you know, having us kind of escape this reality, I, I think is the, you know, something that is, I know big tech companies are having meetings about at the moment and is a point of concern and a point of thought. Uh, but, but really, you know, it's, it's around being very mindful about the integration of these uh, light experiences, right? And yeah, yeah. And, and, and having them be integrated into our lives instead of escaping reality, which I think is a virtual reality, right? A virtual reality is saying this is a different reality, right? This is a virtual reality. Whereas augmented augmented reality is saying we're still here, we're still on, we're still here, and we're 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 augmenting and layering onto what's we're interacting with, with what's here. Um, and I think that yeah. interaction is important. Yeah. It's, it's going to be such an interesting transition coming up here. And I, I don't yeah. know if everyone realizes how big it's going to be. I, I fundamentally believe the hardware is out there. There's people experimenting with this technology in certain circles at these, um, very large companies and the minute a developer kit comes out <laughs> it's viable i'm gonna have my hands on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and start building yeah. um yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting new time for uh for builders and for anyone who's ever wanted to bend light <laughs> mm, yeah so stay stay tuned everybody yeah, stay there's tuned some, <laughs> there's some exciting <laughs> stuff on the horizon <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> That's a good point to end All up. Right. Adios. Adios.